What's up, Chump Nation? It's your boy, Nate, alongside my, my boys, Leighton and John. How are we doing, guys? It's draft week, baby. How do you think I'm doing? It's the second Christmas of the year. The Chiefs made a blockbuster trade. The only downside is we can't get Jason Oa, but it's draft week, so I'm excited. Are you excited as I am, John? I'm pretty high. Uh, fan of that Orlando Brown trade. I'm very excited for the Chiefs offense <clears throat> heading into the next year. And uh, to me, that, that trade itself is better than the rest of the NFL draft. So, honestly, don't, don't I don't really care. Hey, hey, don't, don't spoil the news section. Oh, okay. Yeah, John, come on. You're giving away the news section already. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um Looking forward to the draft. It'll be fun to watch, but um, that that trade was was something else. I agree. Lot to talk about. Wait, did you want to get into that with the bit breaking news? Oh, we can talk about the breaking news. John already spoiled a little bit for me, stealing my thunder yet again. It's fine. Just like when I told him James Winston would be a top ten quarterback, he wouldn't listen. But it's okay. The Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown Jr. from the Baltimore Ravens. In what I would consider one of the worst trades from the Baltimore's perspective in the past few seasons, not necessarily what they got back, just because you know you give your bitter rivals the three-time AFC champions a left tackle, the biggest hole on our yeah. roster, a left it tackle. Was, it was it was a missing piece that was key to to I think the Chiefs just. Returning to uh, to their offensive prowess, what do you what did you think, John? What was your assessment of the trade? I mean, that's that's exactly right. Um, exactly, kind of how Leighton put it. I I don't understand how if you're the Ravens GM, how do you even pick up the phone? It's like there's no chance that I'm trading my Pro Bowl left tackle to the Kansas Chiefs. Have you seen who we have at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end? <laughs> uh, it, the list just goes on. So um, he's 24. I'll I'll take it. And uh, I'm extremely excited. I think Patrick is just as excited as we are. Probably more excited after. Like, what was the number? I think I saw it. It was like 504 yards that he rushed in the Super Bowl, evading pass rusher. Just craziness. So, um, there's there's no no way to understand understate uh, Orlando Brown and the addition to the. It's it's incredible. It's extremely important, and our offensive line is like one of the better units in the NFL. We'll see how it translates to the field, but I'm I am incredibly excited. Absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I think the thing that just blows my mind is they know he's a good player. Like he's a two-time Pro Bowler, started all three years. You know, he's 24 years old. It's not like they traded us. Somebody who's like 34, you know, on his last legs. I, I don't get because I, I saw Ian Rappaport said like five other teams or six teams are interested. And I don't know. I would have, if I was the Ravens GM, I'm glad he didn't do this. I would have taken less to send to somebody else personally. That's a, that's 100% right. And <clears throat> you saying it out loud made me think of this. How many 24 
old two-time Pro Bowlers are there in the NFL right now? Do you know the answer? But uh, oh. I, I'm curious. <laughs> Can't think of any. I, I, I bet it's less than five. I don't think there's any way it's higher than that number. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I I'd say at most like ten, maybe. I don't. That'd be a stretch. Anyway, it's just it, it's very interesting. I think it shows the Brown potentially has, and you know, <clears throat> I think you'll hear it out of a lot of people whenever they first get traded to an organization. But he says that he wants to be in Kansas City for a long time, and uh, I hope that's the truth. But um, yeah, super excited. Twenty-four year old, two-time Pro Bowler. That just sounds great, and especially left tackle of any position oh. that I could have asked for left tackle would have been the one so Nate we're, you had to be a little bummed out though that we're not going to be picking in the first round when we're all at Scott's house partying right I think I, I am a little bit and after we just did the mock draft and everything last week I was kind of excited getting starting to think about who we might be taking but I think when you're thinking about a first round pick you're thinking about a guy that's going to be coming in going to be making an impact immediately hopefully mm-hmm. probably starting and so us trading trading that away to get some guy who's already solidified himself as a two-time pro bowler, pro bowler at two different positions i think that's that's a steal and i think i would i think i would take him over a prospective tevin jenkins perhaps Dude, six, he's, six, seven days out of the week. Yeah, he's only like a year and a few months older than Tevin Jenkins, too. Mm-hmm. Dude, but yeah, what what did I see? Oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, they they sent us a second round pick back. Like, I know. I was I was dumbfounded. And okay, not to give myself too much props, but um, remember when we were doing the mock draft and the Chiefs were on the clock, and I said I don't really like anybody here. I would mm-hmm. trade back. We could we could cut that out and say we we should trade it instead of trade back, but I mean buzz phrase trade back. Dude, I'm a big trade back guy to a certain extent, of course. But, but super exciting news. Oh, yeah. am I cutting you off? Or no, I was going to transition to John because uh, I got to give him props because you said during the mock draft that you think Cliff is on the hot, Cliff is on the hot seat. Wow, and that he would take a wide receiver, and then, lo and behold, a few days later, reports are out, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals are interested in Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith and might move up. So I just have to give John a quick shout-out for that one. Nice. I appreciate it. I appreciate the credit. Um, I didn't even remember that. To admit, I think a certain amount of it was luck, but uh, I think are desperate i think that the offense hasn't quite lived up to what they've expected it to be like i said in the previous show and so yeah thanks thanks for the shout out i appreciate the credit i think there's one other one that i kind of hit the nail on the head not not near as much something else that i saw that i thought i had mentioned but i can't remember what it was at the moment so uh, <laughs> take the one pick for now uh, we'll see how we it plays out. also i forgot to mention this it is draft week and we are recording this obviously tuesday night my good friend, member of the league, Ben, texted me out of the blue, just said, excited for the draft. So that's the feeling we have going on. So Got you Nate, feeling good. Nate, we passing it back over to you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Um, this is going to be our quarterback ranking episode. But be- before we get into that, we really wanted to give everybody a, a shout out and a big thank you for for following us on Instagram. It's been 
It's been really fun engaging with you all. And thank you for all the questions of the day. Um, Chiefs related or not, they've been really fun to read through and we'll enjoy answering them. And to kick off today's podcast, we have a, a question from a Schrader Ethan who said, what is the best draft position in a 10, 10 team snake draft? I, Ryan, you want to start? Oh, dude, I could talk all episode about this because also just in future reference, we do a 10 team PPR league. That's kind of the standard. Um, we don't work for ESPN, but it's kind of the standard we go by. Um, this is my favorite question because this is a question where when you answer it one season, it's not like it's done. You have to revisit it every year. You know, it also depends a lot on draft strategy too. You know, most people go running back, you know, first round. So like, where does the elite running backs end? That's where I typically like to be. So if there's five elite running backs, I like to be at four and five. So that way I don't have to stress about, you know, deciding between the, the golden players that you want on your team, you know, I can just kind of take which one I like the best of whoever's left. So uh, I know, I know John kind of is under that same philosophy. Do you, so let, let's look at it from this upcoming season, John, what, what would you say just, you know, I know it's April, but what would you say as of right now would be the answer to that question for just this year? So one thing that I always find is really interesting at the end of the fantasy football season is somebody will always come out with, a report of the most common or most frequent on, on championship rosters. And it's always interesting to go back and look at where their ADP fell heading into the season. And so one thing that's like super common, and this is just more analytical way of looking at what Leighton just said. But I think if you start out outside of the range of that top tier of fantasy running disadvantage and the draft hasn't even hasn't even begun yet and so probably the bread and butter is probably between three because a lot of times you know like have somebody reach you'll have some you'll have a wide receiver go at five or sometimes even go at six and you can still catch one of those top tier running backs at seven and so or or nine or not sometimes it happens at nine and you get really lucky (laughs) Uh, no, uh, if I'm, it's hard to say it's, and it really does vary from year to year because the opinion that I never want is I never want one and I never want 10. That's just, that's the thing that I, I firmly believe in unless, you know, something crazy happens, world turns upside down and we've got Alvin Kamara's going at 10 and 11, then sign me up. I, I'm there, you know, but, uh, Definitely you want that wherever I'd say wherever the second to last top tier running back is projected to be drafted. That's the pick that I want. And that goes right along with what Leighton said. And if you're kind of going outside of that, just to give a little bit of a different perspective, I would say eight because eight, you can make a better judgment. If you know your league, well, you can make a who's going there and who you need to pick now this time around so you know you kind of get the back-to-back feel but it's a little bit more spread out and you can draft a little riskier on his behind you yeah i think clearly john's given a lot of thought to this and layton has (laughs) too but i think this is where mock drafts are so important if you're if you're 
I guess, committed to, to putting in some time and you really want to, your goal is to win your league or at least make the playoffs. I think mock drafts are important to, to then find where that, that top tier, second tier running back cutoff is like, like John was describing and, and kind of go from there, play around with your draft strategy. That's kind of what I did last year, worked to some success, but I don't think I had a great draft to be honest, but I think it, I got a little lucky and had some good waiver wire moves, but yeah, I think, I think John and Layton hit it on the head with that, but yeah. Got anything else to add to that? What, any tips for Ethan? Uh, for Ethan? Yeah. Just, I don't know, man. Your last draft wasn't very good. So um, you got last, quarterback, man. I just... <laughs> quarterback first round is looking like a strong play this year. Yeah, <laughs> Carson Wentz is looking like a very viable option. Jonathan Taylor's that's up there. Oh, Ethan's so gonna take Jonathan Taylor. Um, that's yeah, no, that's actually, that's an interesting prediction. I like that. I like Jonathan Taylor ended up ended up with Ethan. Here. Oh, it's it's gonna happen. He he wouldn't trade him for anything anyway. To answer back to that question, I think obviously we all have a certain opinion, and we we're in a league to where we determine the draft order like before the draft. So like a couple weeks before. So it gives us time to prep. We like it cause it's more realistic too. Um, so if you, if your league does that, definitely take advantage and just, you know, do mock drafts of that position beforehand. And if you guys don't do that, try to convince your league to do it. But it's it, like uh, Nate and John were both saying, it's basically it's, there's no right answer. It's whatever draft strategy you use kind of dictates that. So if you go wide receiver in the first round, you know, you have the luxury of, you know, not being in the top four or five. So it just kind of depends what your, what your strategy is. So that's, that's what I wanted to add. Nate. And on top yeah. of that, sorry, not waiting that I could go all day on this. <laughs> if you're taking a wide receiver in the first round, you're probably still getting a guy who's going to score a comparable amount of fantasy points to not overall run but the three through five or six range of running backs that went you're still probably getting the wide receiver or the second best wide receiver if you're taking one in the first round so it's not it's not the worst boat to be in i like it near as much as taking running back but uh there's still up a wide receiver in the first round absolutely yeah couldn't agree more but um Without further ado, let's get into our, our episode's main segment. We are going to be – so we are doing the quarterback ranking this week for fantasy, and we each made our own top 15 with, with a few honorable mentions at the end, and then we averaged those out to where – to the, um, I guess, the consensus spot for each each quarterback pick. So – uh, John, did you want to get us kicked off at number one? Wow, that is, that is – I'm sure you guys are on the edge of your seat and really wondering who it's going to be based on, the, <laughs> based on the three guys on this podcast. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start off by uh, picking the Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes, from two years ago. And uh, I don't think it's any surprise there – there was uh, there. Mm-hmm. Nate ended up going to Kyler Murray for his top quarterback. And I was very close to picking Josh Allen. And I think we'll get into it a little bit more because is not very happy with us for, for, for those. For those just, 
I ended up going with Mahomes. I didn't go with Josh Allen. I went with Mahomes. But so so I was I was the only one to not pick Mahomes. I played devil's advocate. I tried to take my my Homer Chiefs bias out of this one, and I found a couple things that were were worth mentioning for Kyler Murray. I noticed that. He got injured in week 11, but prior to that, he was absolutely scorching the league. He was averaging about 27 fantasy points per game through the first 10, suffered the shoulder injury week 11 at Seattle, and then started to trend down a little bit. But it, it kind of depends. I was in the episode what your, your outlook is of the Arizona Cardinals for this next year. I guess he was a little more pessimistic than I was. I could see Kyler in their offense – at least getting back to, to some some form of what they were last year. And I think Kyler, if he stays healthy, could could be a better fantasy option than Mahomes or Josh Allen. Just because I think if the Cardinals are scoring points, or either running the ball or throwing it for a touchdown. I don't I don't see James Conner putting up a bunch of touchdowns this year. Um, whereas Mahomes I see with the Chiefs, with the with their new uh, offensive line additions, I think the running game is going to be opened up a little bit more. I think they're going to be extremely efficient on offense, but I don't think he's going to necessarily put up as many fantasy points as Kyler might might be able to. But I don't know. Well, if you guys can, if you guys can tell, um, number two on our consensus ranking is Kyler Murray. Nate obviously has a one, John at three, just behind Josh Allen. And I had him at two overall. Um, so we've kind of been harping on this a little bit. They're both great options. It's obviously in terms of fantasy, it comes how much do you want to pay for a top-tier quarterback, which we'll talk about at a later date, closer to draft season. Um, the fantasy draft, not the NFL draft. That is this Thursday, get excited. Um, but Kyler has a – obviously is a – really athletic dude. So he has a lot of running ability, like Nate was talking about. Um, depending on how the draft goes, I might move Murray up. Because if the Cardinals don't do much to help the defense, I don't think it's going to be that good unless they're on passing downs with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. They lost Patrick Peterson. They just haven't done much to address the secondary um, or the linebacking course. So I think they might – it might be a lot of shootouts for the Cardinals. So that's one of the reasons I think, besides his ability, that we're all pretty high on Kyler Murray. Wouldn't you say, John? For me, he's he's just explosive. Um, <clears throat> drafting quarterbacks, and I could get I could go into it for a while, but drafting quarterbacks is a dangerous game, and uh, Kyler is definitely one of those fantasy quarterbacks fantasy friendly quarterbacks if you will and he may not be necessarily near as talented when it comes to you know actually going out there and playing the game but <clears throat> kyler is, is not going to be a bad selection i think his floor might be a little bit lower than like a josh allen or an aaron Rodgers. that's just me that's that maybe going out on a limb a little bit, but Kyler has the weapons. Um, I think they're going to play in a lot of close games this year, so that could be good, you know, for for his position um, when the season wraps up. Um, most likely, it will be. It's a tough 
question. And so I think there are going to be a lot of you know, tough it out games. And Kingsbury, no doubt, has a has advanced offense. And um, Kyler's getting to know it a little bit better. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how A.J. Green plays. That's going to be interesting to see what kind of assistance he can give in that offense. It's sad to see Larry Fitzgerald go. Uh, <clears throat> that's kind of a retirement that went under the radar, actually. We, I don't really think we ever touched on that. Well, he hasn't announced it formally yet. I guess it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's heavily. All right, so we got Kyler Murray rounding out number two overall slot. And coming in at number three, John's the most highest on him. So, John, take it away. We got Josh Allen as our consensus quarterback on the year. I think this is way too low. I think he should be fighting for the first, if not, like, Worst case scenario, he should be the second quarterback, but um, we're, you know, picking at straws here. So, <clears throat> coming into this season a lot, it has a lot to do with that. And we sounded a little bit, I can't remember if it was the previous episode or the first episode, but we talked about the backfield in Buffalo and uh, Devin Singletary and the other name escapes me yet Zach again. Moss. Zach Moss. Zach Moss. <laughs> Um, but we talked about the field and the issues that the that the that Buffalo has there, and so Josh Allen can sling it. He's probably got the second best arm in the NFL behind Pat. I don't want to see that shootout. I really want to see them get on the same field, same wind, and everything, and see who can throw the ball further. Um, but I don't want him to get embarrassed. <laughs> the crush is. <laughs> So he's he has the rushing ability, and that's I think that's a common trend that you can see in the quarterbacks that we have ranked so far to this point is that they both have the ability or they all have the ability to uh, get you points with their legs and then with their arm as well, and they're all in offenses in the NFL. So I like Josh Allen a lot here. I would probably I would definitely put him at two, potentially at one, um, but I understand uh, that you know. He had a great year last year. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens this year. But the Bills are definitely a contending team. And they will be ahead in a lot of games. I think it'll be a kind of a repeat of last year. But he did have success. So, Yeah, I the thing with Josh Allen for me is he just scores so many touchdowns. I don't know if he's – it's. it doesn't matter if he's throwing it, rushing it. He is a touchdown machine. Um, and he just makes everything go for the bills. Um, he gets the ball to his playmakers. He's a good distributor, gives his receivers ample chances to make plays downfield. And then he will just bully it in around the goal line. So at the end of the day, though, I think he played just about as well as he could have last year. He and Stefan Diggs were on some kind of connection and it was honestly pretty fun to watch. But, um, my question for you, Layton, is what, draft what round draft pick are you willing to spend on one of these top three quarterbacks i know you're probably not a quarterback chaser necessarily and you'd rather get one of those from from five to five to seven range but where yeah. would, where would you go for a, for a josh allen gosh you're spot on because i it, it depending on your league you're in obviously the main league we participate in and kind of the league that we talk about um it is not everybody always spends high on quarterbacks. So I always inherently don't take them, not because I don't want to. I'd probably 
any of these th- – ah, that's so hard. Any of these top three guys, I'd probably say I would take them in, like, the sixth round. But they're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of – again, it, it it's a little – it's difficult. I don't know. John, do you have a – do you want to chime in? I mean, we touched on it a little bit with our question of the week, but it all depends on where uh, I was drafting in the order initially. <clears throat> so if I have – if I've secured two running backs – and a wide receiver, for example. So I'm and Josh Allen is there. That is where I mean it, it all depends. And that's all it's, but I think it's where it's where you think about it, right? Right. Yeah. Uh I, I think in the fourth round I'm comfortable taking Josh Allen. I that's really what do. I had that, down. That's what I had down, John. I think that's probably higher than normal, but I am I, I am a Josh Allen believer. Clearly, uh, I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to discuss that anymore. It sucks. It honestly sucks that he plays in the AFC and he plays for the Bills because that that probably should have been my answer for in episode one. We talked about our favorite player that wasn't a Kansas City Chief, I believe. Josh Allen probably should have been my answer. I I'm a big fan of Josh Allen. Um, anyways, I I think fourth round I'm comfortable taking Allen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend a third round pick on Mahomes or Murray. I'm not gonna do it. So, you know, obviously, if they're available in the fourth round, I'll take either one of them. Um, well, mm-hmm. for Allen, but <laughs> Nate, were you kind of in the same boat though? With yeah, John? I I kind of was in the same boat, but it I I honestly haven't given a ton of thought so far to to QB drafting for this upcoming draft. I think. He's on the right track exactly, though. You have to have two solid running backs before you can even start thinking about it. If I'm maybe dipping into the to the tight ends, if they're available in, in second or third round, those those Kelsey's and Kittles. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if my strategy necessarily this year is going to be chasing a quarterback fourth round. We'll see, though. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's for some people out there. Speaking but, of speaking of four, yeah. We have Aaron Rodgers as number four. Um, I was kind of shocked he ended up at number four because uh, I'm the highest on him, and I thought I was a little too high. But I have him as number four. Nate has him as number five, and John number six. So John just doesn't like the Packers, I guess. But um, I had him. I don't know. I had him at number four. God, I I went back and forth with this one so much because. Uh, number five, I'm pretty bullish on for some odd reason. Actually, no, I know exactly why. But Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I he's probably too high in my rankings, let me be honest. But he, he just had such a good year last year, and I think, you know, he's going to have – in order for the Packers to be good, he's going to have to ball out. So I think that's why he's going to ball out. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, yeah, so – I'm I'm weird on Rodgers kind of like he was so good last year, 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. Like, like just you can't take do a that second again. to think about that. Okay, he threw a touchdown. I saw this on 13% of his passes he threw last year. Also wild. So he has this monster year and everything, gets MVP. They are so extremely efficient and everything, but I don't know. After all of that, let's say Okay, this was only his second year too with Lafleur, like third year. He should be able to to get back to that uh, kind of performance. But there's something about Rodgers where I just can't 
move him up into those those top three? Like, what what's the difference for you guys? I was talking to John about this earlier, but what's the difference for you between a Mahomes, a Murray, and an Allen and and Rogers from a fantasy perspective, John? So my thing with this, and this may not be a direct answer to your question, but I think that if we're going to analyze the main difference between Rodgers, Allen, Murray, and Mahomes, I would say that if you look at the offenses, there's more of a distraction outside of target number rather than just a running back. And so I think that with Buffalo, that distraction is more or less Josh Allen's running ability. In Arizona, I think that their wide receiver core is all respectable enough that than just DeAndre Hopkins. And then, I obviously, with if you have Kelsey, Tyree, Clyde, Mahomes' rushing ability as well, Kyler's rushing ability as well. Rodgers, you have Aaron Jones and you have Devontae Adams. Then you have MVS and you have – there's another one I can't Tanyan, think of at the moment. Lazard. Lazard. Tanyan, yeah, Tanyan emerged this past year. Uh, mm-hmm. Alan Lazard. One. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so oh. with Rodgers, I think it's the lack of um, depth of talent, I guess, across the board. Uh, so I think that makes him a little bit easier to cover and a little bit more difficult for him to see a ton of fancy success. My argument, and I, it's funny that I get – called out for having Rodgers. I'm very high on Rodgers. That's where he falls for me. But Rodgers is one of those guys that I would be very, very willing to draft because I expect him to win me a week. I, I He might get me one. He might have a 30-point week or a 35 or a 40-point week. He might. Have, but I also don't expect him to lose a single week for me. I don't and have just a horrible, horrible performance. And so I think Rodgers is slept on in terms of how his view and how his scoring actually correlates to success in fantasy football. We've seen, and I wish I had a better example rather than just explaining that this happens and I know it does and that I've seen it, but there are plenty of examples out there where you will see some in terms of fantasy points and it'll be much higher than the reflection of their actual value in fantasy football because they're boomer bust players and so i put kyler murray more in that category of kyler is going full 30 plus point week and that's extremely valuable in the weeks but i also think that he's going to have games where he doesn't have a passing touchdown he might have one rushing and he's going to have three interceptions and he's not going to throw for a lot of yards so i think there are success with Rodgers and I know this is getting way deeper than what the question originally was but mm-hmm. I value in Rodgers from that perspective of consistency because when was the last time that he wasn't a top eight fantasy quarterback I have is but I, w- I would assume that it's been a while it's been a very long time since Favre was starting yeah exactly so I think there's there's value to be found Rodgers and so for him coming in at four I think that's a perfect representation of of what he is because this is where the drop-off really goes from dynamic quarterbacks to well I guess with one exception two exceptions maybe but 
Well, I think I should. Uh, I think I should kick us off on number five because um, kind of by far the the highest on Dak Prescott, the Cowboys. Gross. Number five overall. I have him at five overall. Actually, on the nose, John and Nate both have him at seven. So they're probably going to come in and tell me why I'm wrong. Um, but the main reason for this ranking is obviously he balled out a lot last year to begin the season. And he was, you know, on pace to throw for, you know, yards and touchdowns that weren't going to happen. But he gets everybody excited. That's not why I like him. I like him because, you know, Jerry Jones runs the show. And what does he like? He likes marketing and making money. He drafted CeeDee Lamb last year. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. They could have probably used somebody else besides C.D. Lamb. This year, if, you know, Jalen Waddle's sitting there, it wouldn't shock me. They won't do it. But they uh, – <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Um, they go for – they put a lot into the offensive basket, which, to be fair, that's the way it is. So, I, I don't know. The Cowboys' defense, I think, is not good at all. So, that's kind of why I'm high on Dak because I know he'll have to, like – put up points or they just won't win. And we saw him put up points last year. So I think it's definitely a possibility. And he, and he's a sneaky good runner. Um, so Nate, why are you so low on him and right? And why am I wrong? I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think he falls in that, that five to like seven range. I have him at seven. And I mean, I'm, he's really good. And he had a really good start to the season last year. I mean, the Cowboys were on a free fall. They were losing games all over the United States of America. And but he has really good weapons, too. He has Zeke, Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. And, like, the thing that I'm America's most... team was <laughs> last year. I couldn't name some of the cities they're losing games in. But he uh... – Sorry, lost my train of thought. They were really <laughs> bad. But um, I think with his injury, like, I guess I'm curious if people are going to forget how, how, like, good he was. I'm and hoping like, so. I'm hoping so, too. I think he is, a, like, a, a value five rank or, like, QB five. But I could see him, people valuing him at, like, a seven or an eight. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna be Go brief ahead. with it, but I'm Please completely do. on the other side of the fence. So I I am in the audience of people who have forgotten how good he is because he never was that good in the first place. So Dak Prescott will not be ten fantasy quarterback next year. I I put him in my top ten just because like there is a a very rare a very real chance that he does find some success. But Dak's not a good quarterback. The Cowboys are not a good football team. They're not going to have success. They're going to be losing games, and he's not going to be able to complete passes. I, I'm sorry. It's just the truth. I expect Dak to come in probably from QB 12 to QB 15. I, I am a big Dak hater, and it's not going to be pretty for Jerry. He's he's very upset that he's forked over so much money on a, a Super Bowl banner hanging from the Raptors, a running back that can't produce anymore, and a quarterback who's going to have another – bad year <clears throat> there's gunshots reported in the wow area. wow all right so question why well, do you have him ranked seven i have him ranked seven because i think all of the guys who come below that in my rankings that he has the best chance of being at seven at this point 
Stafford has a good shot. I don't think Hurts has a good shot. I don't think Russ has a great shot. I think Russ is probably the one that I'm lower on. But I think if I were to go all the way up to seven in my that Dak is the one that needs to fall there based on the talent that is Dak rankings. All right, John, I'll bet you Dak is a top ten quarterback this next year. How much money would we want to put on it? <laughs> I don't know. How much money would you put on it? I can get those uh, odds. I'll for put you guys. I'll put five at five to one odds because I am by far like ten is way down there. How many other guys? Dak. Okay. Well, we'll, while while John and I we'll discuss the it. terms, we'll, of, we'll report well, back. We're gonna report yeah. back in episode four. Yeah. When when uh okay, you know what? We're gonna talk out the terms of the draft, but or the of this bet. But first, let's take on a quick break and thank today's sponsors real quick. All right. Welcome back, guys. Um, just to recap quickly, the top five, we have Mahomes at one, Murray at two, Josh Allen at three, Aaron Rodgers at four, and Dak at five. And uh, I'm going to pass it over to Nate. Um, I, I, Nate, I'm confused. Why, why is there a running back at uh, number six? I knew you would say something like that. We have we have some Lamar Jackson haters in this podcast right now, but <laughs> I I think Lamar Jackson is just totally the most explosive offensive player in the NFL, regardless of what position he's in. And Layton Layton might be. What are you doing? You're out of your seat right now. Oh, oh. I I do expect him. I haven't ranked it four right now. I expect him to have a bounce back campaign from. From his down year last year, you could call it a down year, I guess. Layton might we're, call it a reversion. When I need him. <laughs> but oh, comparing his his 2019 MVP season stats to his 2020, it was like every single statistic in his passing game was was down considerably. But the most alarming one, in my opinion, was his rushing stats, going from 80 yards per game in 2019 to 59 yards per game. It just seemed like the whole offense was just lacking efficiency and was not in any kind of rhythm. I mean, do you what do you call this? Do you call this a down year or do you call this people figuring out the blueprint or do you call this a reversion to the mean? This this is a reversion to the mean um, because Tim Tebow had a couple good games. Uh, obviously, not to levels Lamar Jackson because he wasn't as athletic. But I watched Tim Tebow complete two passes and beat the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> one was for a 77 yard touchdown yeah that was frustrating i remember that <laughs> on a game. screen pass thanks for bringing that up um but no i, I don't know he's like he obviously is an electric player but if i was a defensive coordinator i would definitely be like all right we're stacking the box and we're gonna let him beat us with his arm so which he can't do which is why he hasn't won a playoff game so it, that's it I think for uh, to look at this a little more from the side of what goes on for Lamar when he's out there, I think for an NFL MVP, he might be one of the most nervous football players that I've ever seen. And I'm specifically referencing a fourth down that I remember in the regular season against. It, it was fourth and goal. There was 
maybe three seconds left on the clock. And I remember just the absolute fear that it looked like filled Lamar Jackson whenever he was on that goal line because it was a running play designed for him. He he was just – and the, I, the Steelers ended up winning. That was part of – it might have been like week 10 or week 11 of last season, I believe, because I think the Steelers were still undefeated at that point. Just the pure nerves that it looked like filled Lamar Jackson is it's definitely a concern for me, but I think I'm probably on the lower end of where he will be ranked leading into mock drafts this year at five. And like, I can go much lower than that because we have seen success and we've seen struggles from him. It's, I believe he's a super talented quarterback. But for fantasy football, and that's the thing that is important to remember, is that for fantasy football, he has the ability to put up large numbers. But to go against what Nate said, losing your starting left tackle is never going to Im- improve your number. So Aren't they returning will... one, though? They are. Oh, okay. Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. So, yeah, I, I stand corrected there. Uh, anyway. I I still I, I'm still not sure that Lamar is going to have, you know, the the season that we've seen him have before. But um, I also don't see him being the eighth overall quarterback this year. So I yeah. So something interesting now. Moving on to our number seven ranked overall. We have Justin Herbert and John coming back to you. You had him ranked all the way up at number four. Explain uh, yourself, son. I had you him say, at seven, and Nate has him at 11. So proceed. You said uh, like that's high. Honestly, I think it might be a little bit low for, for the old Justin Herbert. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Chill out. Dude, I was going to leave. Sit out. Uh, no, I, I definitely have some emotional connection to Justin Herbert. He – he, he did some great things for me last year in the first half of the season, and uh, I loved every second of it. So, um, no, I, I think this kid's really talented, and I think that he's got a good team around him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the head coach and offensive coordinator change plays into that. Um, <clears throat> I like Keenan Allen. Uh, a big fan of him. I think he's probably an underrated wide receiver. But um, I think Austin Eckler also provides great – to use for their offense and he's got it, he he matches what I was talking about whenever we look at Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray in that he has the ability to produce and create with his legs and then he also has a great arm as well. So I I I like his ceiling and I'm I'm probably I don't think he'll probably actually finish at four, but I'm a big fan and it's fun for me to put him at four to get the reactions and to get Something a little bit different between us. So I could see a world where that he does end up for this year. Um, it's not nearly as likely as probably the more realistic of seven from Leighton. And I think Nate might be a little bit later at 11. But uh, but yeah, I, I like his outlook this year. I think he's one that would be good to take a shot if he was there in the at the right time. So Leighton, let's hear what yeah. you've got to say about the old Herbert. No, no, no. I, no, I'm passing off to Nate all the way down there in the double digits. Okay, 11 was a little harsh, I think. I mean, I think he could probably scoot his way all the way up to, like, 8 or 9. I started – I didn't have any expectations for him out of college, really. 
from a Pac-12 school, I mean, it just they typically don't pan out as well as most people expect. But in that week two game against Kansas City, like he just did nothing but impress me. He made big throws like the whole game. And so I've kind of been more keen on him ever since, I guess. But I don't think I'm I don't think there's any denying the talent that Herbert has, but I don't think I'm as excited about the Chargers as John might be. And uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but new coach, new offensive coordinator this year. I guess you could say that might be an improvement from Anthony Lynn. I guess I just don't really know anything about him, but um, I don't know. I think he's a great quarterback, and I just don't – I don't know. Outside of the Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, what am I to be excited about? Hmm. That's fair. Well, moving on, number eight, we have – Russell Wilson, um, guy's been sacked more times than anybody else in the recent memory. Um, I have him at number six along with Nate, and um, John has him down there at 10. So, uh, John, uh, why? I'll throw out at you. Russell Wilson was sacked 47 times, and Deshaun Watson was sacked 49 times. So, check yourself. On that real quick, actually. Okay, add up the past three years, John. Thank you. But talk about your <laughs> Russell Wilson slander. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, you know, I. Uh, I don't think there's much difference really when you in rankings. I don't think there's a huge separation of points scored um, differential between um, the the eight position and the ten position. So, I think here, you know, it it could go one way or another. <clears throat> I think that Russ fell off the table in the second half of the season last year and it's going to be more of the same. I don't expect him to be a league winner. I don't expect him to be a great value because of the name that he holds. Obviously, he's one of the bigger names at the quarterback position in the NFL right now, and uh, that doesn't necessarily relate to fantasy success. So I think you're going to have to pay too much for him, and I don't think you're going to get great production. I think 10 is a pretty fair Rating it might be a little bit low, but um, I could easily see him finishing outside the top 15 as well in a really, really, really bad year. So, well, okay, that's fair. Um, wouldn't wouldn't be shocked at all. But I wanted to point out with John yeah. what he said between first and ha- second half of the seasons, Russ was averaging 30 fantasy points per game while Russ was cooking through the first eight games, and he averaged 17 over the last six that he played. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what team. happened through that. I checked it, and the Seahawks were like six and two through their first eight games. And then, I, I, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys do. Was it Pete Carroll that decided correctly. to run it? Or I think they had like one or two running backs on their roster at one point. I think they had a lot of issues. Uh, yeah, in the beginning. You're totally right. Yeah, I forgot I, about I th- that. Yeah, I, there was something going on there. Outside of that, I don't really remember anything super significant but they were, they they were just, starting they, dj dallas or whatever his name was dude they, they just kept <laughs> yeah. uh, they just uh, changed their philosophy their defense got better and they said you know you know we've been winning but let's change it up keep people caught off guard and they didn't work they lost a lot. and i remember dj dallas because i'm sure it's d-e-e-j-a-y or something it crazy is. Like yeah. <laughs> oh my god i kept trying to add him on waivers <laughs> i was like how the hell do you spell his name um well, speaking of something that should work a little bit better, number coming in at number nine, we have Matthew Stafford. I have him at ten. 
Nate at nine, John all the way up at eight. So, uh, Nate, what's your kind of feeling on uh, Matt Stafford this upcoming year? So, I think this is going to be a breath of fresh air for him, honestly. I don't expect the MVP success like some people have boldly called for Stafford this year. But I think he's an exceptional arm talent and has never really had the team success that he's probably deserved with how good he's been. Like, he's finally out of Detroit now in L.A. in, like, an exciting offense with Sean McVay. I I expect him to be good, and now he doesn't have to rely on himself putting up 35 points per game to even have a chance at beating somebody like it was in Detroit. But I I think he's he's a good option, and I think nine – eight eight to nine is is a good spot for him. But I know you've been a lifelong fan of – Matt Stafford, Layton, especially when Calvin Johnson was there. Well, yeah, it was mostly just because the Lions are were and are so bad they have to. They had Matt Stafford had to do everything with Calvin Johnson to even compete. So, you know, that was basically my reasoning for liking him last year. This year, obviously, Sean McVay. I think everybody under the sun agrees Matt Stafford's an upgrade over Goff. You know, they did they win the division last year? No, they almost won the division last year with Jared Goff. So I think they're going to win the division. They're going to be leading in a lot of games. And so Matt Stafford won't have to gunsling it so much. But uh, Sean McVay will drop some plays that will uh, make it work for them. I think. I'll try to be brief on on my outlook for him. I think it's Kyler Murray. And when I say that, I mean exactly what I spoke about earlier with what I anticipate seeing week in and week out from Kyler. I think there are going to be weeks that Stafford wins you a week or two. And then I think there are going to be weeks where Stafford comes in at about four or five points. And so I'm lukewarm on pretty much all these guys through like, well, lukewarm doesn't even begin to describe what I feel about Dak. But anyway, (laughs) seven through I'm pretty lukewarm on all of these guys, so they could interchange between each other. But Stafford, I think, is is going to come in there with he's going to have weeks, and then he's going to have weeks where it's like, man, I really wish I would have started that streaming option. But uh, I think sliding in at eight is about the right spot for him for me. All right. Well, moving on um, to number 10, Jalen Hurts. Uh, John and I both have him at nine. Nate, disrespect him all the way at 15. Disrespect? Like, what am I disrespecting? Uh, because, so I'll tell you. So basically, he balled out the last like four or five weeks. He started. Um, I, I think everybody, everybody here acknowledges. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. It, it, I'm comparing him to James Winston that can run, because James Winston was a top ten quarterback when he threw 30 interceptions. I don't know if Jalen Hurts will be that bad, but the Eagles are bad. So. He, they're going to be losing a lot of games. He's going to like have to throw it and run it. He's going to, I think he's going to get a lot of, I don't want to say, yeah, I'll say garbage time, like rushes, you know, throws for the win. Yes, John. Excuse you, sir. Before we started recording this podcast, did I not hear you predict the Eagles to win the division? No, that was the Giants. The Giants? Okay. I, I take it back. <laughs> Which, they, they could still win at like 7 10. But... Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, no, I, I bet on the Eagles to not win more than six games. So uh, <laughs> they're going to be very bad, I think. So, you know, I, I, don't, I, I can't even name more than, like, three defensive players in the Eagles. So, you know, I don't know gonna... that coach's name, but I 
interview for the Eagles. Right? And oh my gosh, he's the like, systems. You know what? <laughs> you know what wins football games? Good football plays. Oh, okay. Yeah, like good. <laughs> I thought it was Trent Dilfer in disguise, but yeah. Um, obviously, John and I are both high on him. Nate, why are you so down on him? I just don't. I don't think I've seen enough from him to like make me want to put him top ten. Like, I think that's so like hopeful. I also yeah. don't just. I just don't want anything to do with the Eagles this year. That's fair. Um. It, last year was weird, and it was like he came in after Wentz got benched, and the team kind of rallied around him, and it was like some new energy and stuff. It seemed like it was – this could be a great thing for Jalen Hurts. He, like, elevated everybody else's play, and people started playing better around him. I don't think they won those games because Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I just think there was a new energy in the team that made them beat the Saints and beat whoever the heck else they, they won against, but – I don't know. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to pan out. 15, he does have the rushing threat. So, I mean, I guess I guess there's optimism there. I think yeah. being – I think sliding 10 fantasy quarterback sounds a lot better than top 10 accidents and points scored and the difference there in between 10 and 15. I think it – I think top 10 just sounds more impressive, but – there's really not going to be that much of a difference between the two. There could be, but most likely, I don't think. Yeah, there will be. I agree. That's so moving on, he uh, he finished the the games he started was uh, 21, 43, 21, and sixteen, and the last game was against the the Washington football team. So I don't know. I'm optimistic, not like super optimistic, but if he's there at the right price, I'll definitely take him. Uh, moving on, number eleven, we have good old. Tom Brady. Can't get enough of him, can we? Um, I have him actually at 11. Uh, John has him at 12, and Nate has him all the way at 8. So, Nate, um, obviously surrounded by a ton of talent, but is there anything in particular why you're so high on him? I I honestly don't really have that much to say. I think it was because it just seemed like things started to click for them at the end of the year. Like, their offense, the last – three weeks going into the and and then continuing into the playoffs just look very different than they did the rest of the season. So I think Bruce Arians and Brady and them have kind of got it going on now. I, I, and I think like we mentioned a couple weeks ago that Brady's probably the most viable fantasy option or most dependable, at least on Tampa Bay's offense. They have so many weapons. Yeah. I don't think I want to go anywhere near, near them just for the risk. Yeah, Brady's going to give you, like, a solid output every week. I think mm-hmm. more so than last year, but he's not going to he's not gonna win you a week or anything, so that's just why I'm a little bit more hesitant, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think eight's a little too optimistic for that. It's just I think he has way more weapons than those other people that's listed true. after us, and I think that could, could be the difference between him having – consistently better weeks than some of those other guys. But I'm, I hope he has a terrible season. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, too. All right, well, moving on to number 12, we have Joe Burrow coming in at number 13 for myself, 14 for John, and number 10 for Nate. Um, John, do you want to kick us off with good old Joe Burrow? You know, honestly, for Joe, honestly, a little bit higher than I felt comfortable ranking him, but – 
as I've you know stated a couple of times, there's there's not much of a points differential between uh, several of these spots. So for Burrow to finish at 14, be surprising at all. But uh, the Cincinnati offense is going to struggle again this year. Um, I don't really expect much out of Cincinnati, and uh, honestly, uh, <clears throat> Burrow and I, I wish him the best of luck. But I really. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it working out like we all hope it will. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. There's nobody who likes watching that video of him smoking a cigar after winning the national championship more than me. That was baller. Pretty, pretty sick. Big pimpin', if I Big say flat. so myself. But <clears throat> I don't know. I don't see it. I think that injury is really gonna. It's gonna nag on, and I don't want to see it for him because I. I do like him. I think he's a pretty pretty cool guy and he seems pretty fun but um i think that injury is going to nag on for a while and losing aj green it wasn't that he had a ton of production last year but it's the puzzle that's gone for cincinnati and not a full strength joe burrow um well maybe maybe 100 percent, but not full strength as to what we saw last year and what we saw at lsu i think there's going to be a, di- a big difference between so kind of looking at a lackluster season from my perspective for joe burrow Okay, we uh we talked about this in the the last episode with the mock draft, but do you think Joe Burrow's fantasy value or outlook improves with them drafting an offensive lineman or an offensive weapon? Uh, yes. Which which that. more? You said okay. I'll go first, and I'll make it quick and simple. Um, get drafting an offensive lineman will help him in fantasy because he'll be able to play. John. Drafting an offensive line helps Joe Burrow in fantasy because he's not going to be drafted any higher. He's not going to receive any recognition from most people. I mean, I would say the average football participant is not paying much attention to a new left tackle for Joe Burrow. Maybe not until a few days before the draft. But anyway, from the fantasy perspective, it is better protection, but I still think the offense is not quite where it needs to be to see him crack the top 10. Nate, what do you think? I mean, I, I think I understand I both of those. I thought that they, they need the offensive lineman. I don't think yes. he's going to – he's not going to score any points, I don't think, if he's on his back all the time. And, like, they have okay weapons. They, these might just be names that I recognize, and so that's why I'm thinking this. But, like, like the T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, like, it's not awful. So I don't well, think, like, adding a Jamar Chase is – I don't know. It probably so would help. Answer the question. So we're talking about Penny Sewell, I assume. Yeah. But yeah. Or it's Slater. Who, well, potentially. But who, if the then draft Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. is that a better outlook for production from Joe Burrow on the season with Jamar Chase compared to Penny Say yes. I say there's a big difference in drafting Jamar Chase. I guess I, I know that. Joe Burrow won. And so that's, I, I guess that's kind of my point. A left tackle is good for football, but maybe not as much of a deal for fantasy football as so, Jamar Chase. If he's on the Cincinnati offense, and I know Joe Burrow wants him, he's going to be looking for him out there. And I think he's a very talented wide receiver. And so I like the fantasy production that comes from drafting Jamar Chase rather than Penny Sewell. But for football, if I'm a GM, I'm probably drafting Penny Sewell. 
Okay, just to wrap it up really quickly, I think long-term, Jamar Chase helps Joe Burrow. I think just this next year, offensive line help would be better because obviously, like, in the next, you know, two or three years, their offensive line, hopefully, this is the Bengals, should just progressively get better. Um, but if you have, like, you know, Jamar Chase there yeah. in, like, two or three years, he, he could be, like, a star. So that's yeah. – I'm just talking about next year, I'd go O-line, but – Moving on to number 13 quickly, um, we got Ryan Tannehill. I have him at 14, John at 11, uh, and Nate at right on the money, 13. Um, I don't really have much to say about Ryan Tannehill. I will probably never draft him in fantasy because I don't think he's fun to watch. That's just a personal thing. So uh, I, have have jotted, I have jotted down in my notes, this may be the most boring fantasy QB option. Right? Like – Part of the love of fantasy is like, oh, cool. I get to watch, you know, Jalen Hurts run around as he gets chased and then he runs for like 80 yards. Like, that's a lot more fun than watching Ryan Tannehill, you know, go eight of 10 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. He so, averaged exactly 20 fantasy points per game last year. Of course he did. Like, that that's is actually, so like, vanilla. That, that's was. Yeah. I, no, he's, he's solid. He, like, he should be a pretty good, like, backup if you can get him he should be a, a low-end starter or a high qb2 sure. yeah high high qb2 i wish derrick henry could catch for him kind of he can't and he can't i wish he could because i think that would that would help arm somebody to the moon though that's that is, that is all right moving on to number 14 here it is <laughs> hasn't even been drafted yet trevor lawrence this is all me. I am sorry, John. Um, as number 14, I have him ranked at 12. Um, I should probably, honestly, I'll probably move him up to 11 right before the season starts because I think he has more potential than Brady in fantasy. Um, Nate has him at 14, and John doesn't have him ranked, and John's hands are on his head. Trevor Lawrence is going to start, and basically, he's the most talented quarterback in a long time. I know John's not a believer. He's giving me all sorts of looks right now. But the Jacksonville defense, if I, they draft the way I think they will, it won't be good. They'll have to put up a lot of points to win. And he can actually have – he can run a little bit. So uh, uh, I don't know if I should even pass it over to John. Nate, do you have anything to say? <laughs> I really don't. I'm pretty excited for him, though. Urban Meyer came back to coach pretty much just because he had the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. I think it'll be fun. We'll, I don't we'll know see. if I'm as optimistic at – on the entire Jacksonville Jaguars team as you are. That's fine. That's fair. Well, we'll, we'll see uh, where he goes in the draft because he might be way overdrafted because of his name. But, John, you've been waiting. Go ahead. Keep, I, it, I brief. Keep it brief. I, I did write the Instagram post for Trevor Lawrence the other day. And I do the world. I, I absolutely see the world where Trevor Lawrence ends up as like a top five quarterback fancy this year. And so I am not Trevor Lawrence – hater or disbeliever i just think that right now it is awful, awful early and there are a lot of good names out there still to this point that if uh, how i draft i'm probably not taking the chance on trevor, trevor lawrence because i think that he'll sit on my bench later but that, again that's no shade i just don't think like it will be very close between you know who has a better season between brady and trevor lawrence like i i do agree with you there yeah that's true. All right. Well, rounding out the top 15, um, it was kind of a cluster at the end. We 
all had ties for Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Taysom Hill. Um, so since I'm talking right now, I'm going to talk about uh, Taysom Hill. Because <laughs> I mean, tight end one. Tight end one. Shout oh, out, Chase. Um, so um, if he's the starter, I mean, I'm probably not going to draft him. But if he's the starter, he's definitely going to run. So that's just my only real reason. So anybody want to do a quick tidbit on anybody else before Matt, we wrap it up? 15th overall. I mean – there's a good offense around him if they hold on to Julio Jones. And I think uh, – I feel like he threw a ton last year. Um, oh, yeah. And so I think there was a, 26 touchdowns on the year, which was very, very low compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks. So throws a lot. That's low for, for him too. Yeah, right. And so it was a bad year, but um, he's not getting any younger. And like – I mean, I, I've talked about it before. I'm not a big Falcons fan, so um, solid, solid choice. Yeah, I had uh, I had Cam Newton. Actually, I had him up at 12, and I don't really love Cam Newton, but there's like two reasons I guess I like him, and it's the tight ends that they added, which I think will help him, and he can run the ball with some success in the red zone, and so I think that can that can get you some points and maybe win you a game here and there, but um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if, if New England got a QB out of this draft, but would still expect Cam to start. We'll see how he does, but sure. that's all I got. Yep. I think that's good. Well, boys, we should probably head out. We got to get ready for our draft party this Thursday. So um, again, thank you guys all for so much joining us. Be sure to follow us on the fantasy underscore chumps and send in some questions, and we look forward to talking with you guys after Draft Mist. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.